2: i the tip To talk about. Hopefully, you can hear us loud and clear because the Philadelphia Union kicked off 2024 with a 3-2 score in leg one in the Conga Calf Champions Cup matchup against Deportivo Saprisa. Welcome to PHOI Union Podcast, Tyler Zulu JP Zapata, Renee Washington, Provolone John first in the chat. Spiral out. Nice to have you both here. Hit that thumbs up button. Listen, the union kicked off 2024 in style, some can say. There were a lot of things. Glad you can hear us loud and clear, Provolone John. We appreciate you guys. So much now. Here's the thing the way that 2024 kicked off, we saw goals, we saw a comeback, we saw great saves, we saw great plays, we saw a lot. JP, uh, before we even get into the nitty gritty and the nuts and bolts of how leg one went down, what are your initial thoughts overall on the first nine official stretch of play that we've seen from the union?
3: Yeah, welcome to Union Soccer in 2024. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Look. I think if anyone expected to, you need to start off this game with like, you know, your your vintage 2022 uh, seven gold match. Like, I, I think you were just thinking a little bit <laughs> too highly. So in this match, I expected some rust. We got a little bit too much in that first half, especially defensively. But overall, this attack, that's one thing we question, right? The attack, how would it look? Obviously, it looked stale at times last year. And I saw a lot of the similar things as far as attacking, but they look cohesive. Mm. And, of course, it always helps, Rene, when you have Julian Carranza, who had an absolute stellar performance, especially in the second half, gets a hat-trick to start off the year. Are you kidding me?
2: Oh, baby. We're, we're all
3: thinking now, all right, so, Ernst, how much are we selling? We, we getting 10 mil? We getting 15 mil? What are we at right now with Julien Carranza? But I think <laughs> overall, you should be extremely proud of what they did down there. It's not easy to go down there, as Jim alluded to. Mm-hmm. It was raining. It made it very difficult out there. And when you add the rust to that as well, I thought they looked really good. And you come back home with three goals on the road. That gives you a nice little cushion. You take care of business where they typically do at Subaru Park. But there's a lot to – I think there's way more here to be proud of than to be upset about because I think overall this was a good performance.
2: Definitely. There's a lot to unpack. We'll definitely get our chance to deep dive into the game. Of course, later on, uh, just to give you guys a heads up, not only are we looking back at Tuesday's game, but we're looking ahead because – It is going to be the home opener on Saturday. That's right, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time at Subaru Park. The Union kicked things off for MLS play going up against the Chicago Fire. So we're going to have from our sister station, CHGO, the Chicago Fire host over there. Alex Campbell is going to be joining us later on in the show. We have some updates just around the team. So Jillian Provolone, spiral out everybody that's tuned in. Hit What's that up thumbs up button. Join the conversation. Share your thoughts because there's a lot here, as you mentioned, positive that you can take away. Uh, let's just let's just talk about the elephant in the room. I know I we've talked about it on social media. We've talked about it off the show. Haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show. So I feel like you got to get it out the way because. As we know, it was rainy. It was windy down there in Costa Rica. It was absolutely a very loud environment. And for our first game, we expected to see some cobwebs that need to be shaken off. We expected to see some rust, some mistakes, some errors. I was not expecting to see a 45-yard goal that (laughs) Jacob Glesniss scored on (laughs) Andre Blake. Uh, You just scores for us, not against us. So here's here's the wild thing. Here's the wild thing. I was very much adamant in our show last week and the main thing i kept saying is i expect we're gonna we anything we could see a lot of goals we might not see any goals it could be one one it could be one nothing you know i had no idea what to expect this was definitely not on my game one bingo card that <laughs> jacob glessness and what could have been should have been a simple pass back bombed it back yeah overhits it back to andre blake Bounce, the bounce is awkward of course i know jim was talking about post game it was windy which he's like it's not an excuse but like you can blame someone there uh, but at the end of the day I, that was kind of the moment of like i feel like when you're st- whenever you're getting started and there's jitters and nerves and all these emotions sometimes you need that one moment that just kind of like that okay and we're done and we're ready to go and that's it and i feel like that play for as egregious and and rough as it was to watch I do feel like that moment was the time where it was like, you know what, there it is. You expect something early on in the season, you get that mistake out of the way, not gonna happen again, and now we're, we're moving forward. It can only, and I tweeted out this too, like, it can only go up from here. It can only go up from here, we made the mistake, we're back, we're ready to go, shake it off, move forward. Um, but it was a, it was very encouraging to see the fact, three second half goals by Julian Carranza. And the best part about those goals, JP, you know, I'm gonna actually let you guess, what do you think I like most about these goals? We we talk all the time on this show. Barbara Carroll, nice to have you here as well. Um, what's up, Broad J Ford? I think is how you say yours. Um, Broad F J. Oh, I, I reversed it. Broad F Jordan. Excuse me. <laughs> um, if you guys watch enough, you you know there are probably some main things and one in particular as to why I liked the three goals the Union scored. If I
3: had the guess, you read my mind. You do like build up play, and I thought all three of these goals had some <laughs> great build up. A couple great assists here. I think Kai had two of the assists on, on the crosses there. But at the build-up play, I would assume that's what you like there.
2: You know me so well. Ding, 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 so ding, ding. I love 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 the fact that for the goals it was ping 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 goal. Kai Vogt <laughs> was in first of the first was involved in the first one. You had uh, Daniel Gazdag, Quinn Sullivan. We got to talk about Quinn Sullivan of course. Wow. Quinn Sullivan involved. It was so many different pieces. It was quick transition, quick movements and it was like without thinking. There were no thinking wasted touches. They were moving the ball so well. The second two goals especially where, you know, for for Julian and we'll talk about him specifically too, you just have to run through it and finish. Like, they teed it up so nicely for him. They set him up. He was able to just finish his run. And then also in each of those plays, when I watched them back again... You see multiple guys making runs and moving for each other. They're getting into the box. They're putting themselves into scoring positions. That's what I've been preaching that I want to see. So I love the fact that the Union scored not only three goals in the second half, but three great team goals that were a buildup, that were possession, that were combining to break down Caprice's back line.
3: Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about this attack. So obviously, we know that on the left hand side, Kai's always going to provide that attack from the width. So that's always one thing that we always know with this team. So Throughout the past couple of years, one thing that's always been in question is kind of that that shuttle play, that connected that, that connection between the back line to the front line mm-hmm. that is so important from both number eights, your left and your right hand side. Which on Tuesday it was Jack McLennan, and Quinn Sullivan, your two youngsters. That to me, again, the union always plays a cohesive unit. The mm-hmm. chemistry was extremely evident on Tuesday night. But to me those guys really cemented themselves as yeah, those right. shuttlers right. and especially let, let's let's start off with Quinn because Quinn probably besides selling Carranza was the best player on the night Renee Quinn Gazak and Carranza like that to me was like the 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 the, the, the recipe for success on mm-hmm. Tuesday night a lot of those goals you saw the connection between th- those three guys but specifically, you you criticized Daniel Gazdag in the playoffs. Mm-hmm, I did, and so I think that Gazdag and Quinn did a great job, and you know, in turn as well with Jack. But I'll get to it in a second, but they did a great job of feeding off of each other, knowing when Gazdag drops down low to hold up right. play, Quinn would step up in the attack, and that supplemented uh, Gazdag's spot. That understanding on the pitch. I saw no. a lot of great interchanging plays as well with McGlynn and Gazak as well. So you see that co- cohesive unit. You see that build-up play. I think that's what really bode well to it. And obviously when says on like the way he was on Tuesday mm-hmm. night, you're going to get a hat-trick and you're going to get a performance like that. But, you know, we talked about before this year, what's Quinn's position? That's one of the big question marks yeah. because he's one of these young players. You see the talent. Renee. I think he's married himself to this position. And if that's the case, I think this bodes really well because you got McGlynn, who's great, and the back and creating that that play from the back, mm-hmm. whereas Quinn is so so active in the attack in that final third. That's really where he bodes well. So I don't know, Renee. Right? I think we got our shuttle midfielders here.
2: Listen, I've been saying that one of the main areas the Union needed to make some sort of adjustment in their lineup was you had to have that true attacking. Personality in a, in the yeah. midfield, and we're seeing the evolution of Jack McGlynn We're seeing the evolution of Quinn Sullivan, and the runs that he's making. I mean, the the goals that he's a part of. I guess it was a sec. Sector- goal when he made that deep run forward or the third goal. He makes the high run forward, um, is the highest player on the attack. That's what you want from your middies. Your midfielders should be the ones that are stretching your offense, that are making runs because your forwards are checking, they're occupying the back four. Your midfielders are the ones that should be roaming and just going and Quinn does that. He does that so well and I think what works perfectly around this combination is the fact that you have Quinn who will just go. You will have Jack, who's more of the possession guy. And then you have Daniel, who really just wants to play one and two touches. He just wants—he's like a, he's like wall ball. He wants you to just knock it to him. He keeps it moving from there. So it uh, the three of them in the attack, and then, of course, you have Jose balancing, and you have someone like Jesus Bueno who can come into the match, Ali who can come into the match. But I think it gives you more personnel in your midfield that's different. So I do like the fact that Quinn has been playing so aggressive and honestly was a big reason why the attack looked good. Not to mention, as you hit on JP, this team does have the cohesion. And I think for me, although many may be frustrated that the Union did not do more in the offseason, when you look at the fact that this team is running it back with so many of the same players and jumping right back into meaningful CONCACAF Champions Cup game against a deportivo Saprissa team who's already been playing games, mm-hmm. you don't have time to have you know those early season rusts and jitters and figuring each other out. So for the Union, I think actually running it back with the way their schedule is works perfectly well. You know, it allows them to just pick up right where they left off. They can continue from where things ended last year and pick up here without having that, you know, time period. They're their starting eleven is the same group. Obviously Quinn's worked himself in which I love, but they're starting 11's all returning players, but talented returning players, and you still have Marcus Anderson and Jesus Bueno and different guys that can come off the bench, so I'm excited for the fact that they did start off this way. I love that in a loud you know, uh, crowd, a huge environment that they have down in Costa Rica, that they were able to play composed, too. I think that was one of the other things that I noticed, aside from the attacking movement, was the composure. And in the beginning part, rightfully so you didn't get that it seems very you know some of the defending on set pieces defending in the run of play some of the transition opportunities seems very uh jumbled and forced and rushed but as the game progressed you saw the union start to open things up and just yeah. play much more composed letting the ball do the work talking to each other and just settling into a nice groove so even that type of play and style so early jp psh. I appreciate it. that. Was, great to, say. That was great to say. There's
3: been a lot of talk about what to expect from this team, and I've heard a different range of answers of what they expect the union to do this year. But the one thing that is evident, and we learned here on Tuesday night, no matter where we're at with this team, if it's early on the season or later on the season, it's a resilient bunch. Oh yeah. They the, the fact that that first goal, which is so uncharacteristic for both Glazness and Blake, for Oof. that to happen, you know, obviously that's e- it's easy to get down on yourself, but obviously. Jim is a mastermind with halftime adjustments and just mm-hmm. knowing, understanding his players and knowing what to say. So I don't know what he said in that locker room at halftime, mm-hmm. but they responded fully in that second half. And that's when you saw the three goal eruption there as well. I want to talk about real quick, because I I, uh, before we move on from the midfield. Yeah. McGlynn's ability to not shy away from defense and physicality was something mm-hmm. that I really noticed, especially in that first half. Being able to help Kai Wagner and Luis Diaz, a solid wing player. Not the Lucho Diaz from Colombia, <laughs> but Luis Diaz, he's obviously got some speed out there. And so Jack not being shy away. And the thing is, is like, Jack, there's been opportunities before, because maybe because of of, of youth, he would shy away from that. But Jack, you're a big boy. Get on mm-hmm. Luis Diaz. Make it a little bit difficult here for for him. So I, I definitely was lo- loving seeing Jack McGlynn not shy away from that. Yeah. And another thing that I also did love was the fact that on Tuesday night, with, every, with the union back... I decided, you know what, it's time, you know what, I'm going to have myself a beer. So you know what I chose, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, I chose Coors Light for my viewing pleasures here on Tuesday night. Because look, I know it's a Tuesday night, but it's the first game back, so let's celebrate. So I chose a Coors Light over some of my favorite craft beers because it's a little bit lighter. I still had to work the next day, and it was extremely (laughs) refreshing. And Make sure that can is blue here, ladies and gentlemen, as well. So thank you here to our sponsor here for PHLY Union, Coors Light. Definitely make sure next time you guys are having a beer night with the boys or girls, definitely make sure to check and choose Coors Light as well. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, head on over to CoorsLight.com slash P-H-L-Y Soccer. Again, that is CoorsLight.com slash P-H-L-Y Soccer. You can have Coors Light delivered straight to your door. Love it. You know how easy that is? Order it right right through online. Get it delivered right to your door. You don't have to go to the beer store anymore, ladies and gentlemen. So, again, that's com slash PHLY Soccer. Thank you to our dear friends over at Coors Light.
2: And I also want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Mortgage CS because Mortgage CS, which stands for concierge service, gives you a white glove service located right here in Philadelphia. And if you're not located in Philadelphia, don't worry, they are licensed coast to coast. They work with various states around the country, California, Virginia, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, Delaware, the down with South Carolina, um, all over the map that they are working to make sure to educate and empower their clients. And at Mortgage CS, they really do a good job of providing you not only 24-7 customers, Customer service where you can reach out to them any time of day, morning, afternoon, night, email, text, call. They will always answer and be able to support you. And you can reach out to their CEO, Ben. His phone number, right here on your screen, 267 391 7425. You can also reach out via email, ben at mortgagecs.com. Ben and Alec over at Mortgage CS do a tremendous job of just making sure to help that they can provide their clients with ultra competitive rates. They want you to have exceptional customer service, great competitive rates, and their top priority is your financial picture, not their bottom line. And in addition to the the work they do to help on the house hunting side, they also will help with refinancing options. So if you're interested, they've got rate and term refinances for a rate payment reduction or cash out refinances. They've got those options that they can tap into where they can provide you insight on how to get home equity, how to make those smart choices for high interest debt or funding home projects. And they just help with the education, the knowledge, the support to make sure that you are feeling guided every step along the way. So with the spring purchase market almost here and heating up quickly, a lot of clients out there, first time home buyers looking for their dream house, looking to maybe do a home project are looking for help. And mortgage, yes, will do that for you. They'll make sure to get you prepped, make sure to get you supported and make sure you get you ready so that you can stand out Amongst, and make the strongest offers possible amongst the others. So when you hear the word mortgage, think of Mortgage CS. Think of Ben and Alec. And this advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply, and the company NMLS ID number 146-4766. You can visit MortgageCS.com for more information or check out MortgageCS.com slash PHLY to get started. All right guys, want to give a special shout out, broad my apologies I my since you mentioned in the chat You live in Norway, or like in Norway or Alaska, I should say. The pronunciation, I believe, is Fjord. So hopefully I'm saying that correctly now. My apologies. I couldn't read it well on our screen here. Um, And then also Spiral Out. Happy to have you guys here. Barbara, Jillian, Provolone John. Yeah, thanks, guys. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, We do things a little bit differently on the Union Show. I know, Broad, it seems like this is our first time connecting with you live on the show. And Spiral Out, I know you're learning about soccer. We do things differently here. We're twice a week. We also, just a quick... If this is like a school announcement, I guess it's becoming. um, (laughs) We are actually switching our show to Monday at 3.30. So I know there's questions about the subscribers, the comments, uh, maybe even the timing for anybody that's listening back on podcast platforms. We're tweaking the Mondays because we want to make sure we can get you guys up to date information, especially with a lot of games this season, JP, happening on Saturdays and Sundays. So it'll be Mondays and Thursdays every week, 3.30 for the most part, once we have to tweak here and there. So I'm excited because this group uh, so far has been special to watch, Rainiel. Nice to have you here too. Uh, what's up, Rainiel? What's up? What's up? Hit that thumbs up button. Listen, I hope you guys like Spiral is saying are all planning to watch Saturday the home opener, whether in person or on TV uh, on the yeah MLS. You got to get that s- s- subscription mm-hmm. going to be able to watch some more soccer. Apple TV this Plus. group, yes, this group uh, has a lot that we can continue to unpack, and we talked about the attacking side, the movement. We talked about the midfield. Um, Before we bring on our uh, special guest, Alex, from Chicago, who's going to help us preview the fire, I feel like we need to button up the final thoughts on yeah. game number one. Uh, defensively, I will say, I actually did have a couple concerns on the defensive side. I and yeah. I felt, and I, listen, Saprisa, very talented club. Lots of a- attacking firepower there. And I knew they were going to test the union's back line. And I'm actually glad, to be honest, that the union from game one got that test because I, I feel like as a team, it allows you from the beginning to see what you've got. There's no smoke and mirrors. All right, thrown right into the fire, figure it out, make adjustments. It's a very... Um, leader uh, experience I should say group the leadership of this team comes from Andre Blake through the back line of course no Jack Elliott no Olivier Mbizo. we are not sure what's happening with Jack Elliott as of this moment as that we're having this conversation of course Jim should be speaking on it in the yes, press conference on tomorrow. Friday mm-hmm. so hopefully we will find out shortly in the next 24 hours what's going on our guess is that he took a knock probably but either way what I liked about this is you see that next player up mentality. Nate Harriel, fantastic on the outside back, opposite of Kai Wagner. And then Damian Lowe and and Jacob Glesson is fantastic at, at holding down the back four. That this is why this team has the strength of their group coming from the back line, where you can seamlessly plug in another center back And Damian Lowe. We've seen him continue to progress. They played well. On the other side, unfortunately, I did feel like defensively, as a unit, not just the back four, because I actually think it was more on the middies, did not do a great job matching up with Saprisa. On the defensive side, there were a number of plays, including the second goal they scored, the near chance they had that went wide and a couple other chances that I saw where there were players just unmarked, wide open in the middle in goal scoring position and getting caught in between where Damian and Jacob uh, were, were holding down the back line. The back four were marked up, but the middies weren't organizing quick enough. And so it was kind of, I remember a specific time Damien was caught in between of like, wait, do I step and leave my player wide open? Do I hold? And now a shot from distance happened. And that's actually how one of the goals happened. Yeah. So I would have definitely uh, liked to see a, a better job matching up defensively by the whole team doing a good job transitioning, getting forward. That was a game plan knowing that Saprissa runs numbers at you. they were The union were prepared for that. But I don't know that defensively they were fully prepared enough because I would like to see them do better. And I noticed that at the end of last season, I remember talking about this in the playoffs with them, that I saw carryover again game one.
3: Yeah, no, there was a couple, oper- especially like it was weird. It was like the beginning parts of the first half and the end parts of the second yeah. half where like the defense, the team defense kind of, it was just uncharacteristic. And a lot of it was yeah. just chemistry, it was communication, and that's why I'm not worried. I think that more. the more that they will play, the less you'll see some of those mistakes, mm-hmm. but it's bound to happen in CONCACAF in the type of environment when you're talking about the, the weather and, and just the, the atmosphere in general. But. No, I'm with you. There was a couple instances. I mean, even like on, on the first corner kick for Saprisa, Ooh, Martinez, yes. I don't know what he was doing trying to track down that ball, but he couldn't clear it. Hernandez. If he would have hit that ball better, that would have been the opening goal. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of instances like that, but I thought overall, I mean, I did still see some nice plays from Glazus and Lowe but you gotta play that full 90 minutes. You you know, the Taylor goal in that second half. I mean, you can't just have a winger just, you know, come inside like Carlos Vela and get that shot off. He was unscathed. Mm -hmm. those, Those are the type of things that definitely cannot happen. And, you know, coming back into leg two here next week, obviously we'll dive more deeper into it next week, but you got to keep that foot on that gas yeah. pedal, and that's something that we're talking about. We talked about it on Tuesday. This is not a ninety-minute game. This is a hundred eighty-minute game because of these two games that you were playing. And look, in the attack-wise, that was great. I, we saw a lot of good yeah. stuff, but. You can't rely on Carranza to get a hat-trick every game. Exactly. Um, We didn't talk about it, but Rene, Ua did not look good at all. He looked out of shape. It looked a little bit like last year's.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And
3: so, you know, Carranza, it was great that you got the hat-trick, but you're going to need that contributions from other players as well. And especially, we always talk about it. We do expect that from Ua to to give us that too. But also, you know, kind of sticking on the attack, the forwards, I'm I'm questioning a little bit what is the depth now because if you noticed, first off, your boy Marcus Anderson got on the pitch the yes, second he half. Did. Shouts to Marcus, but in turn, Chris Donovan came before that. Ty Barribo didn't come out. Mm-mm. So apparently Ty now is dropped down in the depth chart with the forwards. Ugh. So that's something I want to see if Jim answers uh, <coughs> tomorrow. But that was something that I really did notice. Happy to see Marcus Anderson there, but also like, well, all right, what's what's up with Ty then?
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, he's another one that keeps picking up injuries and has had, I think, fitness issues as well because he's been injured. Um, I know, obviously, as you talk about that depth and just looking at the attack, Joaquin Torres who we knew um yeah. and were, had talked previously about his future with the club well he's been loaned to Club Deportivo Universidad Catol- Catolica um that was announced officially today we already knew that news before today but that was announced officially today the loan is happening with an option to purchase so he's going to get it a chance to go play there in 2024 which overall on the offense makes you just wonder what is going on what is the game plan outside of like I and I'm Look, we said this many times, outside of Julian, outside of even Daniel, and, and Quinn, who's playing well, who's that other forward? Is it going to be – if UA if, cannot step up, you got to – I would imagine maybe Marcus Anderson, Chris Donovan's going to be working to split that time. Um, I agree with Jillian. I know in the chat you're saying you would have liked to see the union do a better job of uh, not giving up that goal at the end. Listen, both goals they gave up. Of course, the first one, very mm-hmm. uncharacteristic. The second one, a late goal where you get caught flat – These are the types of things that early in the season you expect. I know Jim was talking about as well, of, look, we would, of course, rather be up 3-1 going into leg two, which makes the aggregate a lot easier versus a 3-2 score. Um, But I can at least chop that up to – early game one maybe some fitness maybe you know you're just not ready to put together full 90 versus the pizza who is um but there are as you mentioned more concerning elements i don't like how they gave up that goal i think is more concerning because that was actually one of those plays where they weren't matched up defensively and then someone like ua who where you know he's he just has to find his way to he has to find a way to make more his presence more known like daniel gazdag i think what we what we're, what we're going to get from him is exactly what we saw on Tuesday. He's yeah. going to just drift in and out, he's going to link play, he's going to help combine. He's not going to make the runs. Quinn Sullivan's going to make the runs. He's going to look to try things. He's going to be more aggressive. Julian's going to be the finisher he's going to lurk in and out you know play off the back shoulder make those final runs so he can finish Uh, what is your role you know what are what is it that are you going to be able to help hold balls up are you going to be able to link play as a target are you going to be able to maybe spin off defenders and make runs in behind uh I don't know I feel like we've been talking about this a lot but game one that's and you even thought he wasn't going to start because he of course was later the preseason around his green card um, delay but he got to start and didn't look so hot
3: got what you expected I mean this is a guy who came in late because of the visa issues I mean it's only there's only so much you can do like by yourself to try to get in shape like it's not the same when yeah. you, when you're out there training with the team so it, it is definitely a big difference but Renee like in that first half like he like those opportunities that Carranza was getting in the second half Uwa was getting those in the first Mm -hmm. half.
2: He slipped and fell. Slipped and
3: fell, (laughs) or he looked too slow, or the touch was just off, and those are all things that you can kind of calculate to. Just yeah, him just not having a full Mm preseason here to prepare. So I'm listen. It's just right now it sucks because the last taste of Uwa we have was a bad playoff game against Cincinnati, and just not a great finish to the end of 2023. So in 2024, the expectation for Uwa is, like, the seat's getting a little bit hot for him. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting wrestlers. We're waiting for him to break out, be that 20 to 30 goal score. I know that's a lot, but I, I think that's, that was what we were kind of expecting here, for him to be that main guy as far as scoring goes. And we did kind of see that in 22. But, yeah, yeah it will, we, we will see. Um, I'm curious to see what Jim decides to go with Saturday, considering that next Tuesday you got another match mm-hmm. against the um, but, yeah, I mean, Gazdag, obviously that was a good first game, but the question is still, now that Torres is now with Catolica, uh, w- w- who's the backup 10? Yeah. Like, Gazdag's out. Like, what are you going to run? Quinn. Jeremy get, Yeah, Quinn. Quinn
2: could be the backup 10. Quinn,
3: and you know what? Quinn deserving, especially after yeah, what we saw. Yeah, and you can
2: slot Jesus Bueno out wide and bump yeah. Quinn up. That's, to me, the, the, what makes the most sense.
3: Yeah, and, and, and I'm assuming if Jim would roll with that as well, because I think that that's the one that would make the most sense if you're talking about a backup 10, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, there's some question marks that we're gonna have to figure out here with the next couple of days.
2: And you know what also always makes sense? That's the spot to buy your game time tickets. Over on the Game Time app, you can download the app today. And over at the Game Time app, they do a good job of providing you options where you can easily browse through to see tickets for games, concerts, comedy shows, any types of events, entertainment over the GameTime app. When you download it today, if you use the code PHOY, you can also get $20 off of your purchase. And with that code, you get a chance to save because they already have great ticket prices, low prices. They will match the lowest prices that are out there for you. Then with that PHOY code, P-H-L-Y, you get $20 off. And then on top of that, the GameTime app allows you to be able to see where you're going to be seated with your friends to watch that game or singing along in the concert or laughing until you cry at the comedy show and then when you <laughs> show up your tickets will be right on your phone easy to scan easy to to join in and have the fun so download the game time app and one more time that code on your screen and for those listening on our podcast platforms code phly gets you 20 dollars off
3: and with all these talks about games well if you're heading down to the tailgate let me give you a good option for some food because you're gonna mm, get hungry at the tailgate yum. let me talk to you about our sponsors that is bagels and co ladies and gentlemen Brooklyn style bagels, but ladies and gentlemen, of course they are made with that Philly love. And with these inflation issues that we're going (laughs) through today in 2024, why not go with Bagels & Co? Because of the portion sizes, we're talking huge bagels with a large variety of different types of bagels, 15 to 20 different types, especially they always got you hooked up with a different holiday, especially with St. Patty's Day right around the corner. And they have a large selection of cream cheeses. We have 30 different types of cream cheeses and schmears to select from as well. And they are, more importantly, affordable, ladies and gentlemen. Again, inflation is a real thing here in 2024. So what are you waiting for? Find your local Bagels & Co. right now at www.thebagelsandco.com slash store locator to find the nearest Bagels & Co. to you. Check it out. Get it for your next tailgate or for your next brunch you got there. So check it out. Again, www.thebagelsandco.com slash store locator. And thank you again to our friends over at Bagels & Co.
2: All right, well, we may have to wait to see what Ua's role is with the Philadelphia Union, but we don't have to wait to hear about this game this upcoming weekend because we've got our very own from CHGO Fire joining us now to help preview Saturday's matchup to open up MLS play, our very own Alex Campbell. Welcome, Alex. Nice to have you here. Uh, I'm curious to know your initial thoughts on this matchup. Of course, it is the season opener home opener for the Union at Subaru Park, which should be a great crowd and great turnout. Um, What are your initial thoughts about this matchup in terms of what you expect? Fire Union Game 1. Okay, we'll try this one more time. Can you hear us now? Oh, there there we go. Okay, good. (laughs) It's like the commercial back in the day. Can you hear me now? Good. (laughs) Uh, So, Alex, what's up, man? We were just – we're excited to have you here. Glad you've been able to join us to preview the matchup on Saturday. What are your initial thoughts about how this matchup should go down? Obviously, game one for both teams of MLS play um, officially. What are your thoughts about how the fire had been looking so far in the preseason portions coming in against a union team that just had a CONCACAF game on Tuesday?
0: yeah thanks so much for having me guys really happy to be here and return the favor from jp yesterday on our show um yeah it's really hard to say uh due to the way mls worked things out only two of the fires four or 5 preseason matches were able to be viewed online so that limits how much you can really know and of course none of the ones that we were able to watch involved calan acosta who was training with the team but did not get to play with them until their final friendly against Portland over last weekend. And of course, Hugo Kuypers, the new de- designated player number nine, was not available for preseason at all. So it's really hard to say what this team is gonna look like, especially given that head coach Frank Klopas is more of a vibes guy than he is a very specific tactics guy. So I think Fire fans in general aren't really sure what we're gonna see Saturday. Um it's believed Acosta is going to play as for Kuiper's who knows he'll have had a few days of training under his belt by then but tough to say I think the bigger question is how are the union going to look coming off a midweek trip down to Costa Rica that obviously expended a whole bunch of energy for better and for worse as they got that 3-2 win so uh, I think I think it's a lot of unknowns going into this weekend what are the fire going to look like is it going to be anything different than last year and what union team do we see? Does Jim Curtin rotate at all? Do guys look tired? I, yeah, I think there's just so many unknowns for Saturday's match.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Alex, what's going on? Long time no talk, bro. <laughs> it's good seeing you, man. Appreciate you coming in here. But uh, let's, yeah. So obviously that that's that's the million-dollar question. That was one of the big concerns after last year with Leagues Cup and all just the different tournaments and, and competition we had to play last year. Fatigue was an issue. So we're going to figure that out, I guess, here early on in the season with this, with this hectic schedule. But... You know, Alex, we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday when we were on SGO Fire, but look, for the Chicago Fire, you guys are you no know, strangers to spending money. You guys have dished out the dough, something we kind of wished a little more here in Philly. But listen, the difference is, though, like we don't spend a lot of money, but we succeed on the pitch. You guys have spent <laughs> a lot of money, hasn't succeeded as much. You guys spent a lot of money again this past all season. So, Alex, what's the difference this time? Why is it going to be different now that you guys have spent that dough?
0: I think that's the big question because when you look at the way a lot of people have talked about this team in the offseason and thought about their projections for this season, the, the general comment is these moves all seem smart, but they're being made by the same front office that has made some not very smart moves, which uh, sporting director, Georg Heights even said, which came as a bit of a surprise in the introductory press conference the other day for Hugo Kuipers and Cal Acosta. He said that, yeah, I've made mistakes and those have been costly. And it's, taken time for us to kind of get away from those. So it really it's, it's hard. I think even Heights would say to have anybody's open trust at this point, given the type of lack of success, really um, that the team have had. But I mean, I think the encouragement you can take is that this off season could not have gone much better. They somehow got out of Jairo Torres's contract, arguably the worst designated player in, uh, in MLS history. There's in terms of money spent and lack of impact. He, did not have a single goal nor assist in his year and a half as a member of that team, spent as much time out injured as he did playing. Um, But, you know, you look at a guy like Hugo Kuypers, this is a guy who won the Belgian Golden Boot last season, was a little slower so far this year, but underlying numbers still good. Kellen Acosta, you know, USMNT peripheral player, but MLS veteran, Uh, you look at what they did at the fullback spots with Andrew Gutmann coming back home, Chase Gasper is depth, uh, Alan Aragoni comes in from Lugano, the sister club in Switzerland. There, there's a lot of things that just make sense, and they're the sort of moves that the fire just didn't make before. It does feel like, though, as much as all of this makes sense, it is a bit of a hail mary because if this is another off season of new players who do not make a discernible impact on the pitch, you can't imagine ownership is going to be willing to chip in a lot more money, especially not after they just spent 12 million on Kuipers, and you know. The front office, uh, Gary Heights, the sporting director, and his assistant, Sebastian Pelzer, were given contract extensions this offseason. It's not just that they're back. So this team, whether, you know, I don't know what the goal is, whether it's make the playoffs, have a home playoff game, whatever the goal is. If this season looks a lot like last year, you're going to struggle to get ownership or fans to really have any patience left.
2: Yeah. I mean, you guys, bottom of the conference, bottom of the league in a number of uh, not only standings wise, but a number of different categories and areas. As you mentioned, the fire uh, had a number of departures this offseason, including Jairo Torres, a few other names across the roster and then bringing in someone like Hugo, bringing in uh, Kellen as well. You mentioned there's a lot of unknowns. You don't know what this group's going to look like. But what do you anticipate? Because I, right now, that's all it seems like we've got to go off of. Of course, the Fire did have some preseason games, but as you mentioned, and as we've complained about, it's very difficult to be able to watch preseason games and get a good gauge on what the guys look like ahead of their official uh, MLS play. What is it about this group that you're anticipating? Obviously, they're a hungry team. They're drastically wanting to be better in league play. Um, sometimes that in itself is is, a, is enough to help a team get you know become more competitive and surprise some teams what is it that you anticipate about their style of play and that you can kind of piece together as to how they might look Saturday?
0: I think the one thing fans can expect this season and anybody watching the fire is a team. I don't want to necessarily say they're going to be a better attacking team, but they're going to be a team more interested in attacking more than they were last year. Just the last couple of years, really a whole lot of 4-4-2, dropping deep in defense, and then trying to hit long balls on the counter, and it never really worked. Not enough touches on the ball for guys like Jordan Shakiri and young up-and-comer Brian Gutierrez. So, I think what to watch is this team the year that Brian Gutierrez, who's pushing to make the Olympic team for the U.S. men, is this the year he takes a big step forward? Is the addition of someone like Kuypers the sort of thing that can get the best out of Jordan Shakiri, who, again, if you want to talk about mls contracts that have now gone well 8.5 million dollars per year for shakiri is arguably not been a particularly um beneficial investment um but you know chris mueller's coming back off a season long injury last year what does his return and impact look like so I, I think that's really the thing i think and the fire showed this at the beginning of last year and i'd argue their personnel defensively has gotten better if they want to bunker and try to nil nil you like they can do that but that's not what anybody wants to see. That's not what this team wants to be. It's not what Frank Klopas wants this team to be. So, yeah, again, it, it's hard to say. Given that, again, I would be shocked if Hugo Kuipers is starting on Saturday. It would be fun, but I think that's much more likely a 20, 30 minutes off the bench kind of situation for him this weekend, and then full go at home next Saturday against Cincinnati. But I think that's the biggest thing is, I mean, Frank Klopas, he was a striker in his career. He's had a full off season now as the head coach. He is fully steering the ship. I'd assume his biggest imprint is this team is going to do more or at least try to do more going forward because it felt for long stretches last year. Like they just, not only were they not very good at attacking, they weren't particularly interested in doing it either.
2: Yikes.
3: <laughs> I, I guess I have to ask this question for fun here. Uh, so what's the worst Chicago contract, Shakir or Seth Jones?
0: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, so I think is an overpay. Like, there's no doubt about it. He is, in terms of what he has produced in MLS, $8.5 million is is too much. However, I still think uh, no, the worst contract decision is actually probably extending Casper Shabilko an extra year. No offense oh, to everybody in Philly, that. but <laughs> at some point he was traded from Philly to Chicago, had his contract intact, and at some point after they knew he had taken back problems had flared up he was given an extra year which required them to use the buyout on him to send in a Lugano so in terms of like decisions that at the time they were made made the least amount of sense it's got to be Shabilko but if it's Shakiri or Jairo Torres um, I think it's just got to be Jairo because even though Shakiri has not produced at the level you'd want he has at least produced he has done some things he has at times been a net positive for the fire and Jairo torres was never a net positive at any point for the fire And I don't think that's all his fault He came in off the back of playing a crazy number of minutes in his last season at atlas When they won their first title in forever in league MX But no, I mean the, the Jairo torres designated player signing that's that's an all-time with
3: right So mm. on a serious note though, uh, Alex so I, I don't think you guys will struggle to score but are you, I feel like you guys are going to struggle defending. How? What is the word out? Like, how are you guys feeling about the Chicago defense in 24?
0: That's kind of the open question. That if the Fire do become a more attacking team, what are they sacrificing on the other end? It's hard to know. They've signed Tobias Salquist, a veteran center back. I think he's 28 years old from Denmark, where he played for Silkeborg IF, which is his hometown club. He's been a mainstay there a very long time. Again, he's expected to partner. Uh, German veteran at the heart of the defense. Andrew Grootman on the left, you kind of know what you're going to get. He's, I think everybody would agree in Chicago, an upgrade on Miguel Navarro, who just his attacking output wasn't consistent enough. And defensively, he was far too prone to errors. Actually, the last two seasons in a row, he has given away a penalty on decision day that put the nail in the fire's playoff coffin. So hopefully that streak uh, comes to an end. The really the real question mark is uh, Alan Aragoni, who the new presumed starting right back from Lugano. It's a bit of a logjam at that position right now. Arnaud Suquet came in Lee in France, veteran at the beginning of last year. Halfway through the season, he had been benched for Jonathan Dean, who was signed from USL Championship Birmingham City and not expected to be a big contributor. And second half of the season, he was the starting right back. Souquet is still on the roster. Aragoni is expected to start. The other thing that's expected to be a big plus is Kellen Acosta in whatever role he is expected to play or asked to play, I should say, is going to provide that midfield much more steel than they had last year. They they were just far, far too easy to play through. So I think the fire's defensive concerns were almost more about the midfield than they are about the defense. And so I think whether he's playing as an out and out six or more as an eight, Kellen Acosta should massively help them be a better transition defense team.
2: All right, all right. Well, Alex, uh, appreciate you taking time to join us. I I'm tempted to ask, and I'm curious. I don't even know if you'll have an answer to this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there anyways because why not? What are your predictions about this game? This is my final question for you. Uh, I know we've we've you guys have talked about it on your show. We've obviously been talking about it on our show. You're probably gonna have a similar answer to the one that I've had, so I'm interested to see if we're on the same page. Uh, what are some sc- uh, maybe a score prediction as to how you see this game going Saturday?
0: I think both teams, all i say is I think both teams are going to score in this game. I think I think we're going to see, regardless of the team Philly puts out, I, I think it's expected that they are going to be leggy. When we hit that 60-minute, 70-minute mark, there's going to be some jet lag and some tiredness kicking in there. As for a score, I mean, my gut says something along the lines of 2-1 Philly, but I could also see a, a 2-2, a 3-2, I think. Given the Fire's eagerness, I mean, the guys have talked so much about they just want to get out there. They're looking forward to the games. They want to show what they think they can do. I think this team, this game is going to be probably Philly dominant early. But as the game goes on, I think the Fire claw back into it. So I'll, I'll be a little optimistic then, I guess. I think the Fire go on the road and get a 2-2 two, two draw in a game that both teams are going to have positives to say, but also plenty of negatives as Philly gets – set to a host saprisa back at your guys home stopping grounds there at subaru park for the uh the reverse leg of that fixture so yeah i think i think the fire grind out a draw by taking advantage of philly struggling to get through the 90 minutes near the end
2: oh wow okay well that game sounds That actually kind of makes sense. I could see that happening, too. Uh, So we appreciate you, Alex, for carving time out of your Thursday to join us here on the show. Definitely appreciate the insight you've been able to share on what's going on in Chicago. It'll be a very interesting MLS opener for both squads this Saturday, 730 p.m., and we'll see what happens. We'll see if that prediction pans out correctly or incorrectly. So thanks again, Alex. Thanks, Alex.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Renee, JP, thank you guys so much. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll talk again down the road when our teams face off again.
1: You need Indeed.
2: You as well. Good, Honestly, as as Alex was talking, uh, there's a lot of things I took from that. One, Cash for Shibilko, which mm. it's a shame. as Of course, if you guys haven't officially heard the news, he was loaned to SC Lugano uh, not too long ago, actually, last week. But hasn't been a great situation and, and you know marriage there between Shabilko and the fire. So that fire has been put out. But for this upcoming weekend, this is a team where you really don't know what to expect. And I feel like in soccer, that's always a dangerous opponent because soccer is anybody's game. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's such a sport where you're able to Pack it in, or you know, depending on the weather, depending on all these different factors, where you don't always have to be the better team, you just have to be the team that capitalizes on more chances that day. And I could see a team like the Fire, exactly as Alex was mentioning, as he was talking about, like, oh, in my brain, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been in those games, I've seen those games where the union come out better team, dominant team, if they don't put away their chances and they allow this game to linger. The fire starts getting some confidence, some momentum, some Mojo Jojo, and they start picking (laughs) things up. And who knows? So uh, it is interesting, JP, because it's a quick turnaround from Tuesday to Saturday playing in Costa Rica, whereas they are fresh coming into their first game and eager, as Alex was mentioning.
3: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm curious what the rotation will look like. I think that's the most important part for Mm -hmm. me to see what happens on Saturday, because, again, Yeah, you may put your best lineup out there, but are they gonna be good enough for next Tuesday? So that's what I'm gonna definitely be looking for. But the Chicago ones interesting to start off the season. I I do think that with the experience that we have, the fact that we have some soccer already played, some, you know, pretty some important soccer we just played on Tuesday night. I think that's gonna be enough. And then of course the most important part going the soup. You're gonna have that yeah. crowd right behind you. I, I know it's it's probably not gonna be in, in more like it will not be 19,000. Let's be real. But even if you get 16,000, 15,000, that's a still a good crowd. They'll still be loud enough. And it's gonna be cold. But I just think in general, because of like we just Chicago is integrating a lot of new lot pieces. Of new. So you know, there's always gonna be some dysfunction when you're mm-hmm. when you're putting in new pieces into a team. So I think that the union, the fact that you know, the one thing we kill them running it back that may help them in the early part of this season here
2: yeah you have two completely opposite teams you have Chicago who has so much news so much chaos and actually even as Alex was talking through the different you know issues with their contracts and, and pricing and things that's something that you don't have to worry about that with the union they're not overspending for anybody uh it's a <laughs> complete opposite so completely different ends of the spectrum and that also translates on the pitch when you have a team like Chicago who's trying to fix it all and figure it all out whereas the union are just picking up where they left off so it is going to be exciting as you mentioned the x factor of being at subaru park i know travman you're asking about going to the home opener jillian you will be there in the river end we'll be pumping out some content for you guys on saturday as well uh we will not be down physically in person at the game but we'll be tuning in and pumping out some content you can stay tuned for uh jack elliott's question mark uh yeah we don't know if he's we're going to try and we were hitting on that a little bit earlier. I think actually Saturday is a game I am interested to see between the presser tomorrow and how they line up Saturday a little bit more about what's going on with Jack And if you get maybe in buys or some minutes, maybe you get someone like Marcus yeah. more minutes um, if Jack is able to play I noticed he was playing a lot more in the early parts of the preseason game and I wonder if it was fitness If you remember, Jim was mentioning there were some guys that were playing more. Their fitness wasn't where it should have been. And I felt like Jack, maybe that's why he was getting more minutes out of the center backs. and who knows, maybe he did pick something up that's kept him from being able to be 100% and they felt Damian was the better pick. But yeah. it's all speculation that we've got to go on for now until we officially hear from Jim tomorrow.
3: Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that it, uh, we'll find out more, but I think maybe Jim's just being a little precautious, which is definitely yeah. smart. And that's that's why you got a Damian Lowe there too. Yeah. But the one thing I do want to see and what I'm curious about, because I do feel like, yeah, you may see Elliot star over a Low, You may see him buys a star over Harrell, but... Like the one key one is Ua. Like what do you mm, do with no. Ua? Like it wasn't a What
2: do you a, do with Ua? Yeah,
3: well it wasn't a good showing on Tuesday. <laughs> Obviously, you're going to need bodies especially up top for for the next game on next Tuesday. So, like what do you do? Do you start them? Do you have them come off the bench? That's the one I I'm like tipped on like what do what do you what do the you do highest for Highest paid
2: player on this team. It's tough. Yeah.
3: Tough decision, but you got to manage that correctly. You need him to get that confidence now, but also didn't look great on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, I mean, to have one of your top paid players um, that you're – and when you pay somebody that much, you're investing in them, expecting them to be one of your best players, one of your impact players. And he didn't start off the season great, honestly. Uh, preseason, you know, from what I could see in that final preseason match, he was okay. I thought it was go- – I, I, saw, I saw more from him in preseason, I will say, than I definitely did uh, in Tuesday's game. But it is only – it's so early in the season, and you have to balance – Shaking things up, building confidence, keeping guys fresh, getting them rolling. There's so many different aspects to the early parts of the season. It's a lot to juggle. But that's where Jim Curtin's got and that and handled. And a little bit so of hopefully. a tidbit. Hopefully. La-
3: last year, after the Alianza game, oh our first one, we played Chicago. This time around, our first Champions Cup game, we're playing Chicago. I did win. It did end up in a, in a win that was... Joaquin Torres' lone call as a union. (laughs) But ironically enough, so this is going to be our first game. Start off strong. There you go. There you go.
2: Should be fun. Well, hopefully, it's the same thing. It'll be. A great game. The weather will be a little chilly, but at least yes. it shouldn't be rainy I, and windy as much don't as it, it was see, in Costa Rica. Like,
3: any of those NFL playoff fans, like guys, it's gonna be cold. You don't need to be shirtless. You know, <laughs> I don't care how many Coors Lights you had on that night. Please just wear a hoodie at least for <laughs> us, please. At least Why something. Do you
2: have to get subst- I mean, if they're if I they're just, not, maybe they're not cold.
3: Oh, that's crazy. You have to be cold. I don't care how much whiskey you had in your system you i don't know though. that
2: that liquid jacket is that liquid liquor jacket is very thick
3: because i, don't know I i've like. been
2: there and when you have enough in you you don't you don't feel anything you're just like let's do this let me go cheer let me paint my chest and go cheer hey whatever works whatever floats your boat whatever rocks your socks jp you ever hear that one <laughs> no i not <haven't.
3: laughs> Renee's always wow. got us here I, I think here I'm we like, go, Tyler. here we go.
2: Have you heard that?
3: Not that one though
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> float your boat have you heard heard float, float your yeah find a
3: float your boat I
2: think I look he like made boat. up I'm a, a big socks. fan
3: of uh, whatever helps you sleep at night like that's that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's a my solid good one, one too.
2: that's a solid <laughs> one too It's my old my inner old woman that has these random jokes that are not funny um or these random lines
3: I think I think Jamie's uh don't like the don't yuck the yum. Yeah. Like if some, you know, you never heard <laughs> that one? Yuck don't don't yuck no. my don't yum. Yuck my it's yum. like saying if, if I say I like something and don't. you say, "Oh, that's stupid," I would say, "Oh, you know, you don't like, don't yuck my yum" or something like right. that. The next time I see Jema, I'm gonna be like, "Jame, don't yuck my yum." It sounds. <laughs> The
2: more you say it, it sounds more and more ridiculous. It is pretty it ridiculous. It. it is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Cat, Trap Man saying Keystone's ultras are not listening to you. They will be shirtless. They,
3: yeah. Well, they we need them to be the Keystone State yeah. Ultra. So whatever they gotta do because whatever we need works. that. For Again, whatever floats
2: your boat. Whatever rocks your socks. There you go. <laughs>
3: Uh, they might not be wearing socks either so we don't
2: know oh good lord i'm just you know i'm here to educate you guys on way more than just soccer i'm here to provide some other insight into great sayings when you say that some of them are like what where'd you hear that cool saying from like phoi union phoi union subscribe you heard it first here guys there you go all right well (laughs) um yeah it's not a millennial saying though uh Jillian, you're saying teaching middle school. I'm sure that's very eye-opening. Don't say that around middle schoolers because they will definitely not know that at all. But yeah, I can only imagine it gets even worse when you get younger, the the things that kids, these these kids these days are saying. I'm like, wow, I feel super old. Uh, Put me in a senior citizen's home now because y'all are aging me fast.
3: Renee's like, (laughs) early bird special. Early bird special. Jeopardy, bedtime by eight. I'm
2: ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, you know, I like my early bedtime. The meals are there. I'll eat some, uh, what's a a big senior citizen thing? Oatmeal and whatever else. Sign me up casserole? Oh. Oh. <laughs> just I'll take the oatmeal. All right. Well, hopefully this weekend will not age us and give us gray hairs watching the Union Saturday. There's I think it's to gonna be a good day. I'm I'm trying to continue. Look, if you've noticed JP and Tyler, I've Look been it, the go. driver of the optimism yes. train. <laughs> Riding in <laughs> on the optimism. Well, car, actually. I don't know why I a trade it that I did car motion. Whatever. It's Thursday. It it's fine. Everything's fine. It's National Margarita Day. Ooh. We're days away from the first game at Subaru Park. What else is out there? It's another Friday. It's our final Friday of February. That's crazy. Wild. I'm just trying to quick. give you all the nuggets of what the importance of today is. So from us here at PHOI Union, we are closer and closer to that home opener. I hope you guys have a great time down at Subaru Park pack the the park make sure you're loud make sure you're excited you're cheering wherever you're watching from let's enjoy this game it's the first mls game of many and hopefully it's an exciting one so for tyler jp myself renee we'll see you guys on monday monday Funday, 3 30 p.m to recap all the action this weekend and much more back here on phoil union podcast see ya see you guys <laughs>